Blog Talk Radio. You're now tuned in to Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, family. Yes, indeed. It's so much trouble in the world, in the world. It is Bob Molly, y'all, the late great Bob Molly and the Whalers, man. So much trouble in the world. But hey, we're going to do our best to try to keep it down as much as we can, especially we might not can take it all the way out of the trouble, all the way out of the world, but we got to take some of this trouble out of our lives. How y'all doing out there, sisters and brothers? How are y'all doing out there, sisters and brothers? I hope y'all are hearing me just fine. I'm trying to monitor myself, make sure I don't have any problems and stuttering problems in the mic. Uh, I hear a little bit of stuttering sounds in my earplugs. Uh, I earbuds, but I hope it's just my uh, phone just doing that cutting up. I hope so. I hope so. But uh, by the way, uh, Thank y'all always for tuning in right here and tuning in, uh, joining in to Culture Freedom Radio Network, most definitely up in this house. Like I said, you can always catch all the um, archived episodes right there on the uh, distributing sites such as iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and much, much more. You can catch these episodes and podcasts right here for Culture Freedom Radio Network. Uh, those of you who don't know and those of you who probably do know, I am your host, I am your brother, uh, who goes by the title of Brother Arya Yahweh Yasha, most definitely also known to you, for a lot of you, as Brother Sun Ray Nine. But uh, Shalom and Hotip and Assalamu Alaikum and all of those good salutations to you out there, brothers and sisters. Uh, thank you, like I said, for tuning in right here to Culture Freedom Radio. Uh, man, you know what they got is here? They got this thing called Black History Month, Black History Month. But we always know that black history is not allocated to just a month. You know, we don't allocate our history to a month because black history, as they say, is world history. They don't really say it, but we're going to say it. Black history is world history because if it wasn't for people who they call black folks, you know what I mean? These melanated brothers and sisters like myself, hey man, there wouldn't be a such thing called history, or we call it 
our story because he has his history, and we know his history is always tainted, is always full of lies. Y'all know what I mean by his, don't you? Y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't got to say it. I ain't got to say it. But today I want to do something right here, man. I want to do a Culture Freedom Radio Black History Month tribute to Fred Hampton, man. The man, the legendary Fred Hampton. You know, some say, uh, may the peace and blessings be upon the brother's soul as well. And, um, you know, I had no, I had did nothing about so-called black history. And I wasn't even really, I, I, I was, I was said I was going to do, I told myself I was going to do it like a, 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 a master mix of all the master teachers, you know, how we mix up different, uh, we'll let music in the back mix up some things in there with a lot of different master teachers, but then, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, and I really said I wasn't going to do nothing, but the reason I want to do this here, y'all, now, there's a new movie out, and I'm going to give uh, my kudos and shout out uh, for this movie, man, and uh, I'm going to say it why. I'll tell y'all why, too. A new movie called, first of all, it's called Judas and the Black Messiah. Have y'all seen it yet? Have y'all seen it? Man, I'm going to tell you, I love it. Now, I don't know. I mean, y'all, you know how some people live, sometimes they're critical, like, man, damn that movie, you know, I mean, I hate that, you know, they trying to exploit this, that, and other. But I'll tell y'all, another, there's, those of y'all might say that, some of y'all might not. I, 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 when I saw it, I didn't know what it was about. And I said, oh, man, I don't want to see, no, you know, another Black Power movie. Not that, you know, not nothing Black Power movie. I'm like, man, I'm just tired of always seeing it, and they always just trying to show this and that, and you know. But I'm glad I watched it, though. I'm glad I watched it. And um, the reason I'm saying, y'all, I give shout-outs to it because I learned a lot about Fred Hampton. What you mean, brother? Ari? How you, man, you've been a part of you was around in the Black Power movement. And they, you didn't you learn about Fred. Yeah, I'm, I, what I'm going to tell y'all, man. See, I never, I, you know, I know some things about the Black Panthers and Black. Now, I, I know, heard a lot about, you know, brother uh, uh, Huey P. Newton and, um you know, just the black the 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 party called Black Panther Party. But I I've heard of Fred Hampton, but I never you know how you look you never do research into a person and really just know what they are about. That's that's what it was. I, I I've heard of Fred Hampton, but I never listened to any of his his speeches or nothing like that. There's a lot of them out there, man. That even Bobby Seals. I've heard him did an interview before on Sister Nikki Love show a long time ago. Um. And I never really listened to too much of a Huey P. Newton, be honest, y'all. Be honest. I had to be honest. I sent an interview with him on YouTube. He did with some more people. But uh, anyway, by the way, um, so I wanted to do this one, man, because I learned a lot from that movie. And it gave, you know, because I wouldn't have looked into Fred Hampton. I'm going to be honest. I'm just trying to lay it on the line. I wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have, even though the history is out there about him. But that movie shows some insight on a lot of other things, right? And let me throw this out here because I got some clips I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm just not gonna talk, and I got some clips I'm gonna play a couple of clips, and it's not gonna be a long broadcast today. Um, but you know, there was some stuff that we know through the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that he taught about the blonde-haired, blue-eyed devil, right? Some of y'all don't heard me say this several times. He taught us about the blonde-haired, blue-eyed devil. But there was another teacher who I also studied under and learned a lot from, 
He went by the name, hell, he goes by the name of Dr. Malachi Z. York. Y'all know him. Y'all know him. Dr. York, right? He wrote a book called The Black Devil. The Black Devil. He said, and he had the things that we see you, Black Devil. Now, we truly do. We, we have to see you, Black Devil. And y'all have to realize there are Black Devils. Now, I'm not talking about nobody, no pitch running around here, no red suit, no pitchfork or nothing. No, y'all know that. We know that. We, but, we, but um, and we're not talking about devil as in, in like a, as they say, in a religious term, you know. But you know, some say a, a devil can be an adversary, an adversary. That's what we say. Like in the Hebrew, he's an adversary. So, yeah, if you're going against <laughs> your brothers and sisters or even so-called white man or black man, you're going against the righteous, you are an adversary. Yeah, you truly are an adversary. But anyway, there are black devils. And, and, and when I'm going with this black devil because the great things that our brother Fred Hampton was trying to do in uniting the people um, on all fronts, just poor, the poor despise and the rejected people, right? He was trying to unite them, whether they were so-called blacks, the Latino brothers, the uh, hell, even some poor whites. I, I, I like this in the movie where it showed, and I don't want to be telling the movie, but I like a part when he showed in the movie, he went to the clan, like a racist uh, clan meeting, right? He had the rebel flags and went in there and told them, and told them the truth about how they're even being exploited. They got you, the elites or whatnot, of the, of the, you know, the pawns on the top of the ladder. They have us fighting with this racism bull crap. And then you got a lot of poor white folks around here. They want to be racist and all that. They ain't got a pot to piss in and a one to throw out of. But they, you know, the, the government uh, is using and abusing them and it's like they're doing us. They got to be on well. They got them on welfare, and they don't give a damn about them, just like they don't give a damn about us. But then they have them playing the race car. You you ain't no goddamn better than us. You 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 know what I'm saying? Just because you think, okay, you better than us because your skin complexion still as hell, too. You still being uh, uh, played. So, but anyway, he showed that, and he went in there. How like how he went in there, and he galvanized them and told, laid it out to them, told them the goddamn truth. And um, I liked that movie. I like it movie because it showed me a lot. But going back to the Black Devil thing, and it showed how this Black Devil who set Fred Hampton up, who set him up, y'all know he was an FBI informant, uh, William O'Neill. Y'all, y'all heard that before, William O'Neill. Like I said, I, I, I kind of briefly heard these two of y'all, but I, like I said, I never really got into it. But William O'Neill, Black Devil. And, and someone, I'm going to say, he was a victim as well. He was a victim, and I know just some people disagree, but he was a victim, and our brother Fred Hampton was a, a victim. Both of them was a victim of this wicked-ass beast, this racist, of, of the racist society and a systematic society and also uh, this devious deceptive ass and the government can be so deceptive people in places in the government can be so goddamn deceptive and both of them was being victim they can catch us in our lower state 
as they say a devil does, right? But that brother, e. William O'Neill, reason I say that because they caught him in a state. And this is what happened when y'all see that movie. A lot of brothers get caught up like that. This is how a lot of people get to be informants because they catch them out there, right? Uh, like the feds or here, just, you know, probably don't even catch a fed case. But supposed to like the feds, they'll catch these brothers to do a crime and be looking at some major time. And they'll come to them with a damn deal. Well, look at here. If you do something for us, we'll do something for you. So basically, they were dangling that um, William O'Neill time on his head because, you know, he stole a car. Grand Theft Auto. I think that's what was the charge. And he, had, he was looking at federal time. So they dangled this over his head, how much time he can go to jail. And if you don't, you want to go to jail, do this for us. Do us this favor for it. They might start off some small. You know, tell us who went in the store and stole this bag of chips. You know, some small, some small. That, that just to get you, okay, okay. Once you do that, they're going to put your ass, they're going to start asking for more information. Okay, now you know you don't do it now. You're going you're gonna to be facing these 50 years in Fed. You know, and you're going to have to do 48 of them years. You're going to be thinking like, damn, man, I got a wife, I got children, I got so-and-so. Hey, man, damn. So now you got to go in and tell who not only stole the bag of chips, now you got to go in and stole who stole all the goddamn, uh, who been stealing the jungle juices and the ice cream and all of that shit, too. See, they want more and more. They just, you know, y- y'all see what a picture I'm trying to see, get to, right? And that's what they did with William O'Neill. And y'all, and they said that the, he killed himself. He actually committed suicide. Jack Judas. That's like you. That's why they call that movie Judas and the Black Messiah. And another thing, and I'm going to repeat this some of these clips, that that that, that brother Fred Hampton, right? Uh, not what Fred Hampton. Um, but just like a Messiah, he's supposed to come. No, that's what I'm trying to go to, y'all. Excuse me. And, and J. Edgar Hoover, uh, as they say, gay Edgar Hoover, they was, uh, <laughs> I didn't say that, y'all. That's what they said about the man. Um, how you know how we heard that he said they want to stop the rise of another black messiah, right? Or the black messiah. And they, don't y'all, you better believe they're still doing this to this very day. If you try to come and galvanize the people, and, and like Dr. King was trying to go after they did the civil rights thing, he wanted to do a poor people campaign. He didn't give a damn what because was your skin color. You just talk about when you do a poor people's campaign, poor people. Let's rise the poor, raise up the poor people, man. You know, they no, they gonna you, you, you got to go, you got to go. You can't do that. And you raise the people up, and they rise the people up so they can be united under one banner and realize that we all are being played. You know, just the, you know, black, white, turquoise, yellow, green. But especially if you try to do this to the black and the brown, uniting them, oh man. And the thing about it, like they said, man, there'll never be another black messiah or, or, or yeah, black, I'm just going to use it, another black messiah unless we create him. That's what y'all better pay attention, unless we create him. Just like that thing, y'all, uh, y'all look it up, it's called control opposition, control opposition. So that's what we've seen a lot of that in 2020 and, and other, other, you know, other times that I would kept telling y'all about right here. Y'all was seeing all these other movements that was going on, Black Lives Matter and all of this, which they didn't give a damn about your black life. 
because, you know, it was all a political front. And a lot of that money that was raising, y'all know that that went to a lot of these Democratic uh, elections and shit like that to fund them. It didn't have a y'all. We still ain't got shit, y'all, in the black community. So it was a front front group and all of this type of stuff, right? But anyway, um, if you see some of these people out in the front, you better be leery of them. You better be kind of leery. Keep your eyes open and wonder have they been put out there to be the front, to be that that front messiah, huh? Oh, see, the game is so slick, y'all. The game is so smooth. You, 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 don't, you, you don't pay attention. You don't know who's who. That's what they say. We don't know who's who. Because they will put these, they will put leaders in front of you. They will put leaders in front of you. Saying the, saying the good shit that you need to hear or the things that you want to hear, that's how they break you in. That's how the devil does. Like they said, the devil does. The adversary, he's going to say some shit that you want to hear. He's going to come to you with what, what he knows you like. That's how he's going to bait you in. He gets you comfortable, get you relaxed, saying some stuff that you want to hear. And in the end, boy, the deception is going to slide right on in. But let's get into this, man. I want to, like I said, give my tribute to right here to um, Brother Fred Hampton, man. The chairman, is, he was called the chairman, Fred Hampton. And I heard his son before. I've heard his son on the, um, Fred Hampton Jr. I heard him on the... Um, what was it? Uh, first for the first time on Brother Judge Joe Brown's show, I seen an, well, I heard an interview with him on there. Shout to Brother Judge Joe Brown. Um, so the, he he's a chairman now, and he's doing some great works in this community. What you say, like father, like son, following in the footsteps of his father. Uh, so peace out to that brother right there, uh, Brother Fred Hampton Jr. Man, still trying to keep the work going uh, of galvanizing the people and fighting for the freedom. And fighting for the rights of the people is to say power to the people, not the fucking government, not these corrupt ass governments that we're seeing as out here today, like the Nancy Pelosi's and all of them, the Chuck Schumer's and the shit that we're seeing on going on in Washington, D.C. and all of this stuff where they're taking the power from the people and putting the people in the, in the power in their hands. It ain't about the people. We've been seeing that shit. It ain't about the people. It's about these people that's in these political office that you gave them the power by voting for their regular ass in there. And I don't even really know if we voted for them no more. I mean, be honest, if you really voted to put them in there, you went through the process, but did you actually vote for them to get them in there? I better watch that because I know they're censoring people so much about this voting shit lately. But let's get this here, man. Shout out. I said salute. Black power salute. To our brother, brother Fred Hampton, man. Let's play some of this interview, man. Going back from ABC News, um, you know, with brother Fred Hampton. Let's hear it, man. This brother was a poet, man. He was really poetic in his speech, man. I like to hear this brother talk, man. This brother is poetic. I'm telling you, man. It's, he he got that, you know how like Dolomite, not you know, not crazy like. But it's just that smoothness, man, and power. The word that he's saying, though, is powerful, but it's poetic at the same time. A black power poet. Let's listen, brother. Let's see. I see why a lot of people like this brother. And that brother was only 21 years of age. And and let me say that to y'all. Let me specify that again. The brother was only 21 years old. Y'all heard me. 
for my young brothers out here that's acting a damn fool out here in these goddamn streets. Listen here. All these moving, all these people that you heard about, the Dr. Kings and the Brother Malcolms and stuff, brothers, come on now. They were young brothers. They, these brothers, man, they might have died in their 30s or something like that in their upper age. They weren't even that old, though, when they died. But they started off young. These things, these movements that, that we've seen, brothers and sisters, it was started off by young folk. Young folk felt one in their 50s. They were young. Brother Fred Hampton, man, was murdered at 21 years of age. I don't know how old he was when he got started. But if he was 21 when he got murdered, I know he had started early. So young brothers, I'm trying to say to is, man, y'all be inspired by brothers like Fred. Have to know that with the role that y'all out here doing now and, and killing and slaughtering each other, man, y'all can be a Fred Hampton. You can be the, the Huey P. New. You can be the leader. You can not just the leader, but you can be the force that we need to help the good fight. Not fight, getting out here fighting on the fight that y'all fighting over, but fight the good fight to free and liberate the people, man. At 1917 years of age. But I know what society have done and they have what they have put out and how they have programmed you to think the way that you're thinking and do the stuff that you're doing. But just look at it, Brother Fred Hampton, 21 years of age, had the government shook, had the FBI so damn scared of his power and the words that he was speaking to the hearts of the people that had to kill him. And wasn't that he was out here shooting up police. He was not here assassinating politicians. He wasn't do he was galvanizing people. He was feeding had food programs, feeding the babies, man. He was putting stuff together, tangible for the people. And it scared the hell out of the and, and, and had to status quo them so goddamn scared they had to kill him. Hmm. So they show y'all, man, when they're trying to lie and say somebody's trying to go out here and assassinate a, a president or overthrow a government, that, a lot of that's a lie. they scared because would you, you, if you try to unite the people, that's enough to scare the hell out of them people, man. Because when y'all get, get these people up, too many people start to waking up as people they can't control. And that's why they were scared of Brother Fred Hampton and the power he had of uniting the people. Let's play an interview right fast, brothers. Fred, where does the Black Panther Party stand concerning the Weathermen, the SDS? We stand way back from the SDS and the Weathermen. Because we believe that the weathermen action is two actions. It's REM2 and weathermen. We think they, they call them both national action. We think that REM2 is national action and weathermen is national reaction, you know. We think it is anarchistic, opportunistic, individualistic, it's chauvinistic, it's uh, uh, customistic, and that's the bad part about it. It's customistic in that it's leaders take people into situations where the people can be massacred, and they call that revolution. And it's nothing but child's play, it's folly, and it's criminal because people can be hurt. We say that they're doing exactly what the pigs want them to do. When they take people down and, and just do nothing, 
play around and the pigs are prepared for this and they'll wipe all of those young people out. We think these people may be sincere, but they're misguided, they're muddleheads, and they're scatterbrains. The only way we can show them is to criticize them like we're doing right now and then leave from here and go to the federal bill and have a demonstration that's to educate, a demonstration that is uh, disciplined and organized. You know, and that's what we're going to have to do and let them see the examples. Tell me why you feel the approach of the SDS weatherman is wrong. I feel it is wrong, uh, just as I said before. No, don't don't tell me just you said before. That's why I asked you again. Just answer straight, because okay. in case we use this part. You feel that it's well, wrong. Let me ask you again. Why do you feel that the approach of the SDS weatherman is the wrong approach? I feel that it's wrong because it's pig action. They're doing exactly what the pigs want them to do. They're leading people into a situation where the, it's an astronomical situation, too great for the people to deal with. It's a situation where you've got a bunch of mechanical pigs with 357 magnets and shotguns and mechanical mates and all that type of thing. And then they're talking about they're going to carry on a revolutionary struggle. That's not revolution. It's insanity. It's, it's a madness. It's nostalgia. And it's a massacre. That's a potential massacre. That's what it is. And we don't support that because we've said all power to the people. All the power is manifested in the people. We don't have any people whose lives we believe that should be thrown away. Has the Weatherman SDS tried to get you to go on their side? Have you met with them and what happened? We met with the, the Weatherman faction of SDS uh, several times. We've had ideological struggles and we have ideological differences. So what we did was we had an, uh, we, we, the other faction of SDS that agreed with the Black Panther Party called for an alternate action a well-disciplined uh, action not to provoke pigs, an action not to talk about uh, setting up confrontations with the pigs because the people are not ready for confrontation. The confrontations that they have are premature. They're politically premature and they're wrong because they commit people in a situation which they're not anywhere prepared for. Well, why do you think the Weatherman SDS tried to link the Black Panther Party to its movement? I don't know if it was actually the Weatherman of SDS. I'd have to say that it was the establishment press that is nothing but a tool of Warden Nixon's uh, machine. We call him Warden Nixon because the whole world is a penitentiary and he's just the warden of the whole world. And you see, these people are just an arm that he uses for fascist oppression, you know. And I think today these fascist uh, news media might have did that. Now, briefly, how would you sum up what the Weatherman SDS is trying to do and what you think of what they're trying to do? I'd say that basically they believe that, they believe that white people need to learn how to struggle that they believe that these white workers need to learn how to struggle through confrontations. I have to say that basically I believe that this is incorrect. I believe that white workers have been struggling. They're some of the most violent people in the world. I believe that what they need is they need a redirection in their ideology and in their politics. They need to know who to struggle against. The workers need to start to begin to learn that their job is to struggle against the bosses. And until they do this, then struggle is incorrect. It's like no struggle at all. We say that if you don't struggle correctly, you shouldn't struggle. But you should struggle. We said dare to struggle and you dare to win. Dare not to struggle and you don't deserve to win. But we have to struggle properly. What about the special approach of uh, Weatherman, which seems to be violence? Well, you see, it's, I don't think it's really violence, you know what I mean? I think it's just a lot of folly, it's a lot of child's play. I think that to have violence, you've got to be able to cope with violence, you know what I mean? And that's what the Black Panther, see, the Black Panther Party, a lot of people say we're violent. We're, we're a self-defense organization that believes that the people should be educated what's going on. We, yes, we do defend our offices and we do defend our homes. This is a constitutional right everybody has, and nothing funny about that. The only reason they get mad at the Black Panther Party when they do it is for the simple reason that we're political, and they don't want to admit this. There are a lot of young organizations around, but we are a political organization. We're an organization that understands that politics is nothing but war without bloodshed and war 
cause nothing but politics with bloodshed. That it's just like you stretch something and it goes, you can stretch things, they're going to be in another thing. If you stretch politics so long, it'll be war. And that's where we're at. Well, then why do you feel it's so important for the Black Panther Party to disavow any real link with the weathermen? I think it's important because there are a lot of people that watch the Black Panther Party, for example. They observe us and participate with us. And if we can be connected up with this, then it would be very uh, uh, unadvantageous to the people and very unadvantageous to the struggle in that people that claim to be revolutionary would be going down roads that they think might be revolution, but in fact they're not roads of revolution. They'll be going east when their intentions are going west. And also it's important because Chairman Bobby Seale is in town, and he's being tried by this fascist judge Adolf Hitler Hoffman, you know. And he's being tried without a lawyer. And we've got to bring all of the attention and focus on this trial that we possibly can so that people can understand that these people are more capable of building gas chambers than Hitler ever was capable of building gas chambers. And we're going to have to get together. We're going to have to have some anti-gas chamber marches and some anti-fascism marches and some anti-Hitler Hoffman marches and some anti-Mussolini Attorney General Mitchell marches and some anti-Daily and some anti-Hammerhead Hammerhead marches. These are the things we're going to have to do. The people need to be educated. If they're educated, we can resist and we can stop this fascism. Okay. All right. Thanks for giving okay. us a shot. Okay. 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 All right, so. Fred, the uh, weatherman branch of the SDS uh, seems to be giving the impression that the Black pa- Panther Party is, is with them. No, the Black Panther Party is not with weathermen. Let me explain very clear, clearly that we believe that action like that is action of insanity. It's not a revolution even. You see, going out in the streets and getting people shot and killed and maimed, that's insanity. It's chauvinistic and it's customistic. And when we say customistic, we mean it's, it's a type of uh, action on the part of a leadership that would lead people into the same thing that custody led them in. We believe that all action around that weatherman faction is going to turn out to be the little bighorn. And we're not getting involved in any little bighorns in the city of Chicago. The Black Panther Party intends to support anything that is disciplined, anything that does not provoke violence on the part of the pig power structure, because this is what they want to do. They want to kill some people. And these leaders are nothing but leaders who have customistic tendencies. They will lead people into slaughters. And we think that that's uh, it's criminal to the people. It's crime against the people. Cut it for a minute. That's real good. Now I want to put it just one other way. I'm going to ask you, why don't you... Fred, why doesn't the Black Panther Party support the tactics of the Weatherman SDS? We don't support those tactics because they are acts of provocation and they're acts that the pigs, the, the policemen in the city, enjoy. They're doing just what the police want them to do. Our actions are just the opposite from that. We are educating the people to the wrongs that the pigs commit to the fascists around the country, and I think that's the proper way to do the thing. Has the uh, weatherman tried to uh, curry favor with the uh, Black Panthers? Right. We've had several discussions with uh, the weathermen. We've tried to talk them out of a lot of their anarchistic uh, demonstrations that they have planned here. We tell them that we don't believe in demonstration for the sake of demonstration. We believe in demonstration for the sake of education, and we still go on that basic theory. We believe that people need to be educated if we're ever going to defend ourselves against the fascism that's running rampant in the United States of America and all over the world today. How violent do you think the weathermen are looking to become? I don't, uh, I don't think it's really a question of violence. Uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a, we call it muddleheadness, you know what I mean? I think how muddlehead will they become is a question. How uh, masochistic and anarchistic will they become, you know what I mean? 
how much will they enjoy seeing people slaughtered in the streets before they get, get, uh, come around and get them a plan of well-disciplined, well-organized type of education demonstration where the people can be saved. We say all power to the people and all power is manifested in the people. We don't have any people to just throw away and throw their lives away. We think the people that throw the people's lives away in these types of counter-revolutionary folly, those people are criminals and they should be judged as such. And these people that commit crimes against the people, the people should try them and indict them and sentence them. Uh, tell me, Fred, because the Black Panther Party feels this way and because the Panthers have been linked with Weathermen through the Weathermen, uh, have you tried in any way to dissuade the weathermen uh, to stop them from uh, this kind of tactic? We've talked to weathermen time and time again, you know what I mean, and told them that we thought this was wrong. And let me say this, I don't believe these people are, I think they're some sincere people, but I think they're a little mixed up. That's why I be very careful about the word I use. I try to use words like muddle-headed, you know what I mean, and uh, scatterbrains, that's what they are. They're some young people who really have some revolutionary fervor, but they don't know how to direct that fervor. So what we're going to have to do is try to reach out and let into some type of revolutionary discipline. I, don't, I think if anybody looks at us, we're an example. We try to set examples for the people. The Black Panther Party is the most disciplined organization in the, in the country, and the pigs still attack the Black Panther Party office, so that shows that we're still doing something to the power structure, but we don't have to do it in a way where we put people's lives on the line. That's not necessary, and we try to tell them that. Okay, uh, tell me what else you want to get off your chest. Thank I'd like to tell you, know, there's one thing that's very important to the people, that they see that that so-called trial at the federal building is nothing but what I call a hecatomb. It's a public sacrifice where they're slaughtering the leaders of the people, and the only way we're going to stop that is if the people resist that, you know what I mean, because it's not a question of non-violence or violence, it's a question of resistance to fascism, a non-existence, non-existence, and this is what we're going to have to deal with, we're going to have to go down to the, to the federal building and deal with that judge, we call him Judge Adolf uh, Hitler Hoffman, and, and deal with the Attorney General, Attorney General Mussolini Mitchell. All these people that have these fascist tendencies, they, they have this society is more technical than the German society ever was. They are going to be a better and more adequate gas chambers, and we've got to be prepared to deal with that. Education is the only way. We've okay. got to educate the people. You got anything else you want to say? No, not, not particularly. All right. Look, I uh, just want to do some... Uh... Man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, sir. This is Fred Hampton, man. Fred Hampton, man. An interview going back to, I think that was in 1969, man. Woo! Man, y'all see how that brother speak, man? <laughs> you know, I've listened to it. I've listened to that, man. Y'all don't know my brother, man. Uh, 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 my brother, uh, Umar Sharif, down in Jacksonville, Florida, has Masjid El Salah, man. Masjid. Man, that brother sound. And I was listening to it. Uh, uh, he sound man. They sound voice sound just alike. And my brother Umar even, even the, talk like a man, fast and just smooth and powerful man. He remind me uh, uh, uh my brother Umar Sharif. Yes, sir. Peace and shalom to my brother Umar Sharif down at Magic El Salam in Jacksonville, Florida. That's uh, Magic El Salam and gift shop. Ah, that's a shay in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh man, yes, I'm telling you, man. Um, so yeah, man. Like I said, I I, I watched that movie and it, it it really inspired me and to look at Fred Hampton, man, and really lose it. Like I said, y'all, I, I I never really just looked into Fred Hampton. I've heard, you know, briefly heard about him, but I never looked at it. You know, I never really researched like you know, none of the brothers, like say Bobby Seals, um, uh, brother uh, Huey P. Noon, and 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 none of that. Them personally, you know, you look at the Panthers and you. Uh, you read about and you try to look at some of what their programs, what they were about, but them on a personal level, I, I never did. And, you know, and 
So I never did look at that man and uh, about their life. And you know, I've heard about him. He had a, about how brother, excuse me, uh, about our brother Fred Hampton, how he was assassinated and all of that. But you know, I still never looked into uh, none of it and see exactly what happened, man. Yes, sir. Powerful though, man. And and political, and that's the thing about it, man. Like I said, they were a political movement. They didn't have to join no, you know, they didn't run out here and have to join no Democratic Party because there was some stuff that was with the Democrats at that time. Y'all always hear me going talk about them damn Democrats. Uh, they didn't have to run out here and join them. They want to be a party of their own, and 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 because the Democrats are not um, really for black people to actually really galvanize you and stand for you and truly fight for you. We're gonna, if we want a party, political party, we got to start our own damn party. And it might not just even be put somebody in political office, you know, because they might not. If we start a party, you know, they ain't going to probably uh, uh, vote them in the office. Like, you know, there's a dude that's, um he's up there now. I think he's still in office. Bobby Rush. Y'all know Bobby Rush? I don't know where he's from. I don't know if he's a senator or congressman. I should have I looked that up. But um, he's in the political office. He was a Black Panther. He was a Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Rush. Yes, sir. Uh, most likely he's on the Democratic side. I will tell you all that. <laughs> I will tell you that. Yeah, he used to be a Black Panther. Bobby Rush. Look it up, y'all. Um, I don't like I said. I had I just saw I've heard that name before. I heard about him before. And I saw uh, that in the movie. And I've saw him before, and I've seen, you know, they said he was a Black Panther before, ex-Black Panther. Um, but I like what they were doing, so some brothers, too. Um, Fred Hampton, brother, he was, you know, they had the, what the Panthers had anyway, how they had the, the feeding food program, where they were especially were feeding the children and stuff like that. Uh, what was it, breakfast? What, was it lunch and stuff like that? A lot of y'all, y'all know more about it than I do. Uh, but they had it was feeding the children program, man. Feeding the feed, I know I'm saying feeding the children program because that's what a lot of stuff I saw feeding the children. Excellent way, excellent. And I'm gonna throw this in here, and that's what something in here is 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 has nothing to do with this, but it kind of touch on what they were doing that the church wasn't doing, and about tides, about tiding, kind of certain. And I'm not gonna get into a Shabbat class. But that's what the thing, like you saying about these churches, right? Because y'all be talking about tithing. That's what tithing really were when you really studied it from the Israelite culture. Is they was like they had tithe, and it wasn't about no money. It was food. Tithe was actually man of uh, giving a tenth of your crops and food, and then you know to the Leviticus, the Levitical priest, and then or, or, or the Kohen, not priest but Kohen, and but also it was to feed. Basically, what you would call the poor. So, and, and or those who didn't have, or would say, less fortunate, or you know, kind of like, you know, you know, not you know what they call now middle upper class and middle class and all of this stuff, but you know what they call the poor, right? So, um, that's what the Panther was actually doing. They was doing that. So, you churches, man, y'all are boy. I ain't gonna say y'all slacking. Y'all ass is way off course. That's what's supposed to be happening in in, in these times where, where thing where people losing their jobs and because of this coronavirus and all of this stuff is happening. That's what y'all supposed to have like a food pantry and stuff and be doing this stuff, man. But y'all got to, you know, we got to, you relying on the government to come out and feed your children. 
like 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 now the schools uh i know here when i live in, in shelby county the schools are still closed while the sc- school was closed a lot of the children man all the way they got really some of these meals is because when they go to school and they got a chance to eat lunch at school so the schools had to still when school was out they still had to provide the children meals they were taking meals to the children homes and stuff to get make sure they had a meal that's something we supposed to be doing having can be doing all of these uh big programs and all of these big ass major uh mega churches and all of this stuff that's what y'all could be doing but that's another whole uh, uh topic in itself uh i got another clip i want to play so i want to get into that about the churches but i love that people are doing man uh, providing for their own and feeding the children, you know, at the, like, you know, kitchens and stuff, feeding. That's a great thing. Uh, let's get into this one right here, man, about the assassination. Y'all, because y'all do know, like I said, going into this old J. Edgar Hoover, raglass. Um, and, and don't y'all think that they don't still do this shit today? Don't think this stuff ended. Don't think this was just in the 60s and the 70s. Don't think this was it. They still do this shit today. They still would do this, take down, put leaders in place, put people into place, uh, informants to take out people. So that's why y'all got to be careful about a lot of shit y'all get into and people y'all who cheerleading y'all, rallying around, thinking they, you know, they going to lead y'all somewhere. And I would say a name, but I ain't going to even get into that. Um, it ain't up with the Panthers, though, but it's some other stuff that came up. Um, and, and I'm gonna say because I was gonna say you know the panels were dealing with the guns. I would I'm gonna go this I would go this far. It's a gun gun tone club, not the Hugh Prenee Hugh Prenee gun club. I'm gonna make this clear. Not them. I ain't talking about them or nothing. But it's somebody that was it started with an N. I leave it at that. All these guns and y'all better pay attention how Joe Biden them coming up with these new gun laws. So y'all going out there and keep watch out there. That's all I'm gonna say. Check it out. Let's play this one right fast. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The Quarantine Report. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. As Black History Month begins today, we look back at the assassination of Black Panther leader Fred Hampton in Chicago 51 years ago and how new documents reveal more details about the FBI's role in the murder of the 21-year-old revolutionary. Fred Hampton was killed December 4, 1969, when Chicago police raided his apartment and shot and killed him in his own bed. Black Panther leader Mark Clark was also killed by police in that raid. Authorities initially claimed the Panthers had opened fire on the police who were there to serve a search warrant for weapons. Evidence later emerged that told a very different story. The FBI, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, and Chicago police had conspired to assassinate Fred Hampton. Now, several hundred pages of FBI memos and reports obtained by historian and writer Aaron Leonard through a Freedom of Information Act request document that the director of the FBI's Domestic Intelligence Division, William Sullivan, and the head of the extremist section of the Domestic Intelligence Division, George Moore. Both played key roles in planning the raid and the cover-up that followed. For more on what these documents say, we're joined by Flint Taylor and Jeff Haas, founding members of the People's Law Office in Chicago, who are the lead lawyers in the landmark Fred Hampton and Mark Clark civil rights case. Their new piece for Truth Out is headlined, New Documents Suggest J. Edgar Hoover Was Involved in Fred Hampton's Murder. Jeff Haas, let's begin with you. You wrote a book about Fred Hampton. Talk about what these new documents show and what you see as the smoking gun of J. Edgar Hoover's direct involvement. Thank you, Amy. 
Um, well, first of all, it's 51 years after the incident and 40-some years after the trial. We had never gotten these documents before. But what they showed was that Hoover and Sullivan and Moore were following Roy Mitchell, a special agent in charge, very closely uh, with regard to O'Neill. And they were complimenting him and rewarding him from the moment he gave the information and the floor plan uh, to Special Agent Mitchell. They were congratulating Mitchell on what a wonderful job he did with this informant. Of course, Mitchell got the floor plan, gave it to Hanrahan's police, and that's what led to the raid. The floor plan even showed the bed where Hampton and Johnson would be sleeping. So we knew much of this. We knew O'Neill had gotten a bonus. We never knew Mitchell got a bonus. And we never knew that Hoover and Sullivan and Moore were starting to watch this in November, a week, um, 10 days before it happened. They were monitoring exactly what went on. And so it was approved at the highest level. And during the trial, we had sought to go up to Sullivan and Moore and Hoover, but the judge wouldn't allow us. And we thought perhaps even John Mitchell and Richard Nixon were involved. We didn't have these documents, so we couldn't uncover that. Uh, this also shows that after the raid, uh, the head of the FBI in Chicago met with and congratulated the informant O'Neill, thanked him for his information, which led to the success of the raid. Uh, what's also interesting is 51 years later, these documents still have redactions. Uh, there's a specific redaction because an FBI agent had been called in front of a grand jury and he was told, if you get asked any questions about blank, which is the FBI, leave the grand jury and report to, so, to report to your higher-ups. A year after the raid, the FBI role and COINTELPRO had never been disclosed. It was only about Hanrahan and the police. So it took us 13 years to uncover that it was COINTELPRO, a program whose objective was disrupt, destroy, and neutralize the Panthers, and specifically prevent the rise of a black messiah like Fred Hampton, who could unify and electrify the masses. It was this FBI program that led to the passing of the floor plan and the 90 shots and Fred Hampton executed in his bed at 2.30 at in the morning on December 4th. Now, now Jeff, you, uh, the documents also seem to indicate that there was a plan to cover up the FBI's involvement in the raid. Could you talk about that aspect of what you've uncovered? Yes, uh, at the grand jury, this was a special state grand jury because the black community was so outraged and there was a lot of pressure, they called a special grand jury. Well, they allowed the FBI agent who talked about who fired the guns, but they didn't allow anybody to talk about the floor plan or the role of the informant, William O'Neill, in setting up the raid and getting a bonus for it. So that was kept quiet. Matter of fact, if there hadn't been a raid at the Media Pennsylvania FBI office, we might never have learned about COINTELPRO. And, and in terms of why it's taken so long and there's still redactions on some of these documents, I mean, there's the, the, the assassination of President Kennedy, there have been documents released from that. And here's, here we have a one radical uh, revolutionary in Chicago and, uh, and it's taken so long just to get information about what actually happened. Well, yes, I think the cover-up continues and the fact that many of these pages contain redaction, including the information from O'Neill. So the things the FBI has still not released, we think showing the involvement of higher-ups 
we do have a continuous rewarding of Special Agent Roy Mitchell, referring to the success of the raid, how the raid was critical to the role of the FBI. So see, some of these documents are new. But for the next year, Roy Mitchell got congratulated for how well he had handled O'Neill and how important the information had gotten. And they called, continuously internally called the rate of success, while externally they were hiding it. I want to bring Flint Taylor into this conversation, co-founder of the People's Law Office in Chicago. You and Jeff were arrested for protesting what you called uh, in the PC outrageous rulings of the judge and the blatant misconduct of the defense. Can you explain what this trial was, Flint? Well, this was a trial, eight, 18 months uh, on trial, Jeff and I and others in our office, uh, fighting to get these documents out, fighting to establish the role of the FBI. And we had a judge who was very similar to Judge um, Hoffman in the Conspiracy 8 trial, which many people may remember. Uh, and he was dead set against us. He was originally from Alabama. He was a racist. Uh, and he did not believe and would not let us get at the evidence uh, that the FBI was involved in this case. But we were developing this evidence along with the Senate Select Committee, the Church Committee. So we were exposing this evidence both in court and outside of court, and the judge was getting more and more upset with us. And so when we protested uh, the unfair rulings that he was making, he was keeping us from putting Hoover in the case. He was keeping us from putting uh, John Mitchell and uh, the others from Washington in the case. And he was um, uh, keeping us from getting the documents that showed the bonus to O'Neill, the informant. Uh, all of this we were fighting for day and day after day. And when we protested, both of us at various times were held in contempt and sent to the federal uh, lockup here in Chicago. But we kept fighting it. Uh, the judge threw the case out after 18 months of trial, believe it or not. He wouldn't let the jury decide the case. We fought to, uh, it to appeal, and we won uh, a remarkable decision in the Court of Appeals, uh, defended it in the U.S. Supreme Court, and 13 years of, of litigation and fighting uh, to get the evidence out, uh, we were ultimately able to, to uh, obtain one of the largest, if not the largest, police violence settlement for the families of Mark Clark and Fred Hampton and the surviving uh, Panthers uh, in the history at that time of, of, of the federal courts. And uh, Flint, for the, the younger members of, of our audience who really do not un perhaps uh, understand the role and significance of the Black Panther Party and for instance, J. Edgar Hoover labeling them the greatest domestic threat to the U.S. government. Hoover was aware by then, although the public found out later, that there had been polling done, secret polling done, that showed that more than 25% of all African Americans at the time supported the uh, Black Panther Party. Could you talk about the party's significance? party was very significant, and its leadership was as well, and Fred Hampton was a, not only an up-and-coming leader, but a, a very charismatic and dynamic leader. And the Panthers uh, had a 10-point program. That program uh, covered the waterfront 
with with all sorts of revolutionary and socialistic programs, uh, free breakfast program, for example, a free medical clinic, for another example, a newspaper that came out every week and talked about the atrocities of of the police and 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 the government. It was very much an anti-imperialist organization, uh, fought against the war in Vietnam, said people should not go to Vietnam, uh, opposed mass incarceration before there actually was that term, uh, and uh, also was very strong in setting up and fighting for coalitions between black, uh, Hispanic, or, or like the Young Lords, of course, you know about that, Warren, Juan, and other organizations, uh, revolutionary and radical organizations. And this is another reason why Hoover feared uh, the Panthers so much, because they were bringing together all sorts of different radical and revolutionary groups, war, uh, groups against the war in Vietnam. Uh, and this was very threatening to the government at that time. And they targeted under the COINTELPRO program, which was focused to destroy the Black Panther Party uh, on Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers because they were so successful here in Chicago. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And y'all notice in that interview, right? I mean, in that uh, the clip, how they kept using the word radical. Y'all, y'all heard that? How they kept using the terminology radical. Yeah. <laughs> so good information in there. But also, you already know how the devil got to do, right? You always got to discredit some kind of way out, throw some kind of bullshit. They were radical. No, nah, yeah, because they was radical because they was going against y'all bullshit. Shiggity. That what made them radical. All right, all right, all right. All right, so listen, brother, like I said, I just want to come in here and uh, play something today and just, you know, make sure I'm getting the echo. Um, I want to come in here, like I said, like I'm just I, I'm learning a lot this weekend just by watching that movie about Fred Hampton. And and um, like I said, I've seen too, like that he was galvanizing groups, man, that they didn't, they didn't like, I said, and, and, and the old J. Edgar Hoover. You know, like I seen some of the groups that they were trying to galvanize and bring together under one power. Um, and like I said, man, if, if, if we these groups like we have out here today, we have a lot of groups and stuff, right? Imagine how powerful you'd be if y'all come together, put aside y'all differences and stuff. You still make and have your group, but you know we come together as a unified front, right? And man, just imagine how powerful we can be, right? To, and, and overturn this bullshit that is happening to black people in America. Um, and when I'm going, like as they had uh, Brother Fred Hampton, he was going to meet with the, uh, uh, what was they call it? This stuff. I'm going to get the names right. <laughs> I think they call it was the Peachstone Rangers. I think there was at the Peachstone Rangers. And there was some other groups. Um, man, yeah, just, just a lot, man, that he was trying to do. And he was trying to get them to see, you know, Hey man, we we could be a powerful unified front. We come together, and they show some stuff in that movie how they did, you know, kind of come together. Um, so yeah, man, it's like we we got to stop this stuff as as fighting. You can have your group, you can have your little organization that this person can have his, but y'all got to realize together though, because you still going through the same shit that he's going through. That's what both of y'all fighting on the same y'all fighting maybe in different ways, but y'all still got the same fucking problem. 
you still got the same problem at the core. You still have the same problem. You still have the same adversary. And that's what we have to realize. It's the adversary that's our problem, not each other. The adversary is the one who's causing the problem. And another thing that they showed in that, how uh, when they found out through that informant, and y'all really, really, any group that y'all have, y'all best to believe you got some kind of fucking informant. If y'all a group that's about doing something and, they, and, y'all, and y'all having changes because of y'all groups, you best to believe there's somebody in there, either they already uh, in there as an infiltrator or they gonna, they might do something to get compromised and they're going to start infiltrating, selling y'all, selling off what y'all doing. You best to believe it, man. You better believe it. Don't you ever think that that shit ain't going to happen to you. Well, it ain't going to happen to us. We know we tight. No, okay. That homie next to you, your top general, your top soldier, may just be the goddamn working with the feds. Or he may be fed. You be, I'm just telling y'all. I'm just telling you. Anyway, how they were with Brother Fred Hampton, even after, you know, Fred met with the Peachstone Rangers and stuff, right, and tried to, you know, make the coalition come together, and they heard about it, the FBI, show you how dirty they are, they wrote letters to the Peachstone Rangers and stuff to saying that Fred Hampton was trying to uh, kill them and wanted to shoot them up and, you know, assassinate their leaders and all that old kind of stuff. I've heard that even happened with Fred, uh, uh, not Fred Hampton, with uh, Karanga and the Panthers, how the FBI was sending uh, Mona Karanga, sending them letters, talking about the Panthers want to, you know, do something to them, and they'd turn around in return, sending the Black Panthers letters, saying that Karanga and his group wanted to do something to the Panthers. That's how they do, man. So it's a lot of shit that's probably going on with black people in America while we're fighting each other. You never know who's setting all that shit up to, to, to causing this division. Who's who's behind the division that's causing us not to come together? See, this is a deep thing. You don't when you don't know who's sincere amongst you. Judas sit amongst you all the time. Judas, I remember even with the Wabian organization. Hell, Judas is. I said Judas is. With the S's, y'all hear me trying to put them S's in there. More than one, plural, plenty of them was in there. Plenty of them was in there to knock down Dr. York. I know that people that probably don't like them or whatnot, you know, say the hell with. But y'all should believe there's some Judas's in there. Y'all don't really know what happened with that with, with that case. Now, I'm not trying to take over. I went there. I don't. I went in the main bedroom. But I'm just doing an example because it's something I was with. And there's a lot of shit that happened after the fact. We're finding out years later, just like with this here, with the guy William O'Neill, you know, when he was an informant. Y'all got to just be careful, man. No, you don't know, be honest, you don't know who's around you. Your most sincere general, your most sincere soldier can be working against you. Can be working against you. Y'all might even have some of the leaders of these motherfucking organizations might get compromised and turn on y'all. Still have y'all thinking, I'm the leader, I'm trying to lead y'all in the right direction for the right cause. 
and he getting that money bag under the table. That happens too. So it ain't just people who in the organization who's under the leader. The leader might be fed. I'm going to use the word fed. He might be mm, compromising to the freedom and justice of our people. All right, y'all, this is, this is my last one, and I'm getting up out of here. I'm going to play this one here, and I'm out of here. I'm through talking, and I'm just going to play this one to end it out. I thank y'all for tuning in right here to Culture Freedom Radio Network. Most definitely in the house is another interview with the Brother Fred Hampton. Uh, peace and black power, and most definitely power to the people, man. Y'all be safe out there. I know we got this this winter storm is, 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 is doing this thing. Uh, I ain't going to say wreaking havoc, uh, but it's doing this thing as nature uh, supposed to do and cleanse and I know that y'all been and thinking that I was I was thinking about this from two sisters and brothers how you know they've been telling everybody need to stay in the house in quarantine and stuff like that to to stop the spread. Well I tell y'all what shit ain't nothing stopping the spread more than nature right now. Nature's nature's stopping everybody. Nature said everybody get y'all ass in the house and stay in the house. So nature said, hey Put the snow and it's cold and everybody in the house right now. Everybody in quarantine. Because like I said, man, I know this city here in Memphis, man, we on lockdown uh, from the snow, from the snow and ice. You know what I'm saying? Um, ain't too many days. You might get out there and put your mask on the street, get your ass out here and go out in the street and go club, club what you want to. It's ice saying, uh-uh, I'm finna shut everything down. Ain't nothing finna open. If your ass ain't, you ain't really got open, you ain't going out that house. Damn your mask. I'm shutting it down. Yes, sir. So nature's showing that it's still, I uh, says the most high still showing its power. And um, so, yes, sir. So y'all be careful out there, man. I know there's a lot of places there, a lot of power outages and things in the United States. Y'all try to do y'all due diligence to stay warm. Look out for your elders. And um, if if they short on food, people short on food. If you got a list, some some, hey man, look out for your brother man and your sister man, your elders. Like I said, for sure, the children man, the babies, and do what you can to help each other in these times um, that we're going through right now with the weather and and just not just on with the weather, but any time. Just try to do this, man. Don't just look at these brothers like what Fred Hampton was doing. Um, you can do it too. You know, you 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 we have to keep these things going. Don't can't let when when one brother or sister get killed in the movement, we just shut it down and you know wait on somebody else. You may be the next one to uh, and not trying to say nobody just come out here and just try to be no superhero. No, it got to be truly in your heart. It got to truly be a desire that there's something you're passionate about, something for real. Not just don't try to get up and run your ass out here because you want to be a superstar. No, superstars don't last long. They have called falling stars. So don't be a goddamn falling star. And um, just be take it from the heart. If you want to do it, do it. Get out here and be sincere to the people, man. Be sincere to the people or for the people. And we know some of those who are truly sincere. It'll come out in time will tell who's real and who's the fake. All right. Peace, y'all. I thank y'all for, like I said, one more time to tune in to Culture Freedom Radio Network, the way y'all can stay connected and stay locked up with us. Well, on the social media, you, you can link up with us and catch us on right there. It's on Twitter at Culture Freedom 9 on Twitter. Other than that, you can uh, email us if you got any questions or comments or whatever, whatever. Uh, you can hit us up right there at Culture Freedom 
dot org at gmail dot com. That's culturefreedom dot org at gmail dot com. Uh, if any questions, comments, show ideas, or something like that, you would probably want us to touch on, or something I might have said in one other show or something, hey, hit us up right there at that email address. Um, let me see what else, what else, what else. Yeah, catch us right there. Like I said, on all the distributing sites at iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. Just Google search Culture Freedom Radio Network, and you will find us in the house somewhere. Man, shout out and tribute to. Brother Fred Hampton, the late great Fred Hampton, man, rest in power, my brother, man, rest in power. I know you organizing out there in the in the other realm of life. I don't want to say heavens, y'all, but uh, out there in the other realms, I know you're still organizing because that seemed to be what you were destined to do. Just hearing your words, hearing that power in your voice, and 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 hearing, man, that educational level of of revolution. That you have, if they cutting up somewhere in another realm, I'm pretty sure, and it's being some deceptive. Is you have organized and you are keeping the power going. You're powering the people, man. And I uh, thank you, brother Fred Hampton. I thank to the family. My condolences still, because like I said, I didn't know. And uh, brother Fred Hampton Jr., keep doing your thing, brother. Keep trying to organize and uh, revolutionize the people. Let them know we got to fight the good fight and keep up the good fight. And uh, don't let the legacy die, y'all. Keep it up. Keep it up. Peace and black power, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in right here to Culture Freedom Radio Network. And I'll leave y'all with this one right here. Peace. It's Roll One Frompson interview with camera left Fred Hampton, H-A-M-P-T-O-N, Deputy Chairman of the Illinois Panther Party. Camera right, David Hilliard, H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D, Chief of Staff, Staff, National Black Panther Party. Gentlemen, what what do you think the demonstrations on the first day of the trial accomplished? I think that they were very educational in the sense that they exposed further the fascist uh, characteristics of uh, the courts uh, in racist America. Um, what happened to Bobby today was very uh, characteristic of Nazi Germany. Uh, the judge, uh, Julius J. Hoffman, is uh, uh, the champion of fascism. The man is a mechanical fascist in a robe. He's a lunatic, and he needs to be removed from the court system. Well, those are words. I mean, specifically, what is it that's bothering you about the judge and what happened in the courtroom? First of all, uh, the man is uh, an old, senile fascist, as I mentioned. Um, He's not a man that's capable of uh, rendering uh, any justifiable decisions in anybody's regards. I think he's proved that many times. So we see that the only possible way that Bobby can get a fair trial in any courts, not just in Chicago, is by having uh, a jury of his own peers. And that the only justice would definitely be rendered when the people themselves uh, make decisions in uh, regards of revolutionaries. Are the Panthers concerned with the other seven defendants as well as Bobby Seale? You mentioned Seale's name specifically. Bobby is our leader, and we're most definitely concerned uh, primarily about Bobby. Uh, the other seven defendants were. Uh, involved in the uh, so-called conspiracy, and we see them as being uh, a very necessary factor uh, in the case. But but we're not going to 
put uh, all of our uh, weight uh, on those individuals. We need our leader. Uh, Bobby is the leader not only of the black community, but the man is the leader of uh, the white community, too, if those people are talking about moving in a revolutionary fashion. We don't make distinctions between the white and black communities. These people consider themselves revolutionaries, so we say that they would have to uh, react uh, from uh, a revolutionary standpoint of view. We don't support their anarchist uh, strategies that they're, so, uh, that they're so used to exemplifying, but we are concerned about those individuals. Do you think that there is more that you agree on and disagree on as far as the white, middle-class, radical left and the Panthers? Um, I think that we agree with um, a lot of things they do, but I wouldn't say, I couldn't say it was more things than uh, we disagree with, you know. And when you say that, it's hard to say, and I don't even know if I want to say that really, because that's a hard question to answer because it's not specific enough, you know. There's so many groups, you have to get more specific and talk about specific groups and specific people. Because, like he said, there are a lot of people that are anarchists. We don't support that in any group. And I think that's the criteria we should use for judging people. You know, and I think that's the criteria we have to use for judging organizations, you know. That whether or not they, you know, support the ideology of spontaneity or whether they believe in, you know, uh, revolutionary theory, you know. And, put, and putting that revolutionary theory into some type of revolutionary practice. And, you know, but some people don't do that. Those people that don't do that, and not saying whether they're more or less, those people that don't do that, we can't support that. We can't support anarchism on the part of black, white, red, yellow, anybody else. And I think that a lot of this, what we call anarchism, you know, I think it's, you know, on the borderline, a lot of it is even past the borderline of being a provocation instigated, instigated by some of these uh, pigs. You know. I, think, I think that we should reiterate on your first question. First of all, uh, Bobby, uh, as I stated earlier, is the leader of... Uh, what uh, people consider uh, a vanguard organization and that they earned that role uh, not by choice but through many lives that have been lost uh, as a result of our struggle. So that the other individuals uh, involved in the trial or the conspiracy would by the are people that will have to uh, take directions from uh, uh, people that have uh, engaged in struggle and have uh, obtained the vanguard role through that very action. So the very fact that uh, these individuals are involved in a case with our chairman uh, seems to uh, reflect uh, sometimes that uh, critics from individuals sort of a racist attitude and that the whole trial uh, could be uh, very uh, uh, dangerously damaged if people see it in that light. So we most definitely do not advocate a split uh, to that degree, all we want to do is to make sure that these people get a, a day in court, a day in court uh, where they will be uh, judged by a reasonable, sane person and not a lunatic like the judge that he's got, you know. What you're saying is you expect a conviction. I'm saying that I expect a conviction uh, not on the merits of the case, but because the man up there is not capable of giving anybody any justice. I think that the reason he's uh, maintained his position so long is because of his uh, kangarooism, because of his ability to railroad people through the court systems. I think that the whole systems of America is being stockpiled with lunatics and psychopaths, with fascists, all the way down from Attorney General Mitchell. And this is what we have to face, 
And I think it's up to the American public uh, at large. I think that our, our position uh, in regards to uh, the other individuals uh, in the trial brings on whether or not they're able to uh, follow decisions uh, handed down by uh, people that are considered as the vanguard. And whether they accept that or not is a matter of fact. And that uh, one of the, the uh, criteria that they could use for judging whether or not we're the revolutionary vanguard is uh, extended uh, with the invitation uh, to the Algerian uh, uh, Cultural Festival, whereas only the Black Panther Party was uh, extended invitations out of all the other black organizations in America. So that when these people begin to refuse to follow directions handed down uh, by leaders of uh, the American Revolution, then we see them as being somewhat anarchist. Well, are you saying that there's a difference in view about tactics, specifically in your relations with the police, in other words, what the uh, radical whites are doing as compared to what the Panthers are doing? There's a most uh, definite difference. Uh, these people uh, oftentimes uh, promote uh, situations where uh, numerous of people are maimed, are brutalized, are killed, and uh, we classify this as being criminal. And um, uh, criminality is something that we definitely are opposed to, and that's why we take our... Uh, uh, uncompromising position against the police. So when they move in directions like that, they're actually uh, part and part uh, moving with the forces of uh, repression. Well, would you say that the demonstration today was in any way a provocation to the police or not? Yes, uh, I think it was definitely a provocation of the police, you know, because you see, it was made clear through all the people that spoke for the Black Panther Party that we were down there for one thing and one thing only to show massive support around Chairman Bobby Seale. And if anything, when there were uh, even a, a chance, when there was even a chance of an outbreak, the party tried to quell this outbreak with its field marshals and the people that was on the microphone at the time that the outbreak occurred. But even with all of the, the uh, vigilance that the party had displayed and uh, most of the black people in the crowd, we still had some, uh, some anarchists, uh, whatever you want to call them, provocateurs, uh, people that tried to uh, overshadow what we were trying to do down there for Chairman Bobby. And uh, even today, this evening, I found a situation where people in the uh, in, uh, in Babylon are trying to overshadow some of the good that the Black Panther Party is trying to do. And we were supposed to be opening up a free uh, medical center with absolutely free medical care for the people on 16th and Springfield, west side of Chicago. And a group of people on the west side of Chicago told us that they didn't want us to open that medical center. A group of young people over there. And they didn't give us any logical reasons that they didn't want us to open the medical center except that this area that the medical center was in, quote unquote, they ran it. This was their turf. You know. And what I'm saying is that there's nothing about the medical center that is not good for the people. And we don't know whether we're going to open or not because we're not going to allow anyone to, to belittle us or to, to grab us by revolutionary coattails and drag us down into humbug and gangbang style of, uh, of attacking the problem. We're going to open the health clinic, no matter where we open it, we're going to open it, and we think that the people in that community will force these uh, provocateurs and these idiots to allow the health center to be open in that community because it's going to do nothing but good for the people. Well. 
specifically with regard to what's been going on around the federal building and what's likely to happen the rest of the week, and even in the future, as long as the trial goes on, what are going to be the tactics that the Panthers advocate? Are, are there going to be more demonstrations? Uh, we, we certainly hope to um, show massive force. We hope to uh, um, surmount uh, our numbers uh, daily uh, in the same reflection uh, that you saw with the Huey Newton trial. Uh, this is one means uh, for educating the people about the uh, conditions uh, the black people are subjected to uh, within the fascist uh, judiciary system of the uh, United States of America. But I think I think the high point of what we're talking about could best be summed up by dealing with uh, uh, the criminal situation that uh, we've been subjected to, not just uh, with our coalition with uh, our white counterparts, but most of uh, more so with the uh, with the uh, judges, uh, with the uh, people that supposedly run the uh, federal building. The federal building is a public facility. We have to obtain permits in order to have people come and witness the uh, the uh, terror and the fascism that's being meted out against members of our party. And we're going to stop obtaining uh, permits. The people have a right to be there, and we don't have to beg or ask them to uh, give us uh, approval for checking and seeing how they're. Uh, passing decisions against our leaders. What are, you, what are you suggesting that you're going to do? Are you we're suggesting that we're going to be there in numbers, uh, whether they like it or not. Outside the building? Outside and inside the motherfucker. You're going to try to go inside the building without passes? We, we don't have to have passes to get in there. The building is a public facility. It's, a, it's supposed to be a, a building that represents the uh, uh, attitudes and uh, the goodwill of the people. So we're going to make them uh, exemplify uh, uh, that uh, particular area of uh, our Constitution. They cannot uh, lock the doors on us. The people have violated all Bible's constitutional rights, and we want the masses to be there to judge that situation as it is. Given the situation as it is, wouldn't this be the kind of provocation that you want to avoid, you say you want to avoid? We're not going there for any provocation. If people were going to war, I'm most certain that they would have guns and ammunition. We're not coming with any guns. We're coming to uh, watch the, uh, the uh, so-called authorities of uh, justice carry out their duty. So if there's any act of provocation, the provocation will come from the pigs like it always is. They're the ones that start to riot. They're the ones that go around with big long sticks and 357 magnums whooping people, not the masses. We don't advocate anybody bringing any guns to the federal courthouse, but we do advocate the people assembling there massively to protest uh, their dissatisfaction at the way that they're treating uh our chairman of the Black Panther Party and the other seven individuals that's involved in the so-called conspiracy, which is very absurd.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.